So not that anyone is keeping tabs here, but at the beginning of my sermonizing, I realized that I have had a bit of an unlucky run with the lectionary. In August, I preached on cannibalism. In October, I preached on divorce. And today, we have the rapture as told by Luke. You know, and people say the Bible is boring. But all jokes aside, today's text is known as an apocalyptic text. Apocalyptic text, we often jump to the events of Revelation or early stories as told by Daniel. But this genre, apocalyptic, simply means unveiling or revealing. This text seeks to reveal the future events that are yet unknown. We are often tempted to ignore apocalyptic texts such as this. Not only are they difficult to understand, but they force us to face a reality we would rather ignore. Our gospel lesson for today is preceded with Jesus' prediction that the temple will be destroyed, and the disciples respond with a question early on in the chapter. Teacher, so when will these things be? What is the sign that these things are about to happen? Jesus responds by telling of wars, and rumors of wars, earthquakes, and plagues, the arrest of Christians, and resultant opportunities for witnessing, and the destruction of Jerusalem, all leading up to the start of today's passage. In verse 25, we are greeted with an introduction to this mystery known as the cosmic signs, as Ellick mentioned. These exhortations build and build throughout the 21st chapter of Luke's gospel in order to prepare us for true redemption. So with this in mind, let us now listen for what God is saying to the church. And I want to let you know that I'm going to be reading a different um, translation than what's printed in your bulletin. I'll be reading the Common English Bible. So perhaps pick up on the nuances and differences between the two. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth there will be dismay among nations in their confusion over the roaring of the sea and surging waves. The planets and other heavenly bodies will be shaken causing people to faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. Then they will see the human one coming on a cloud with power and great splendor. Now when these things begin to happen, stand up straight and raise your heads because your redemption is near. Jesus told them a parable Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, you know that God's kingdom is near. I assure you that this generation won't pass away until everything has happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. 
Take care that your hearts aren't dulled by drinking parties, drunkenness, and the anxieties of day-to-day life. Don't let that day fall upon you unexpectedly like a trap. It will come upon everyone who lives on the face of the whole earth. Stay alert at all times, praying that you are strong enough to escape everything that is about to happen and to stand before the human one. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Amen. So over the years, I've noticed that there are two very distinct types of people in society. There are the people who listen to Christmas music right after Halloween, and then there are those that hold out until after Thanksgiving. You might have thought I was talking about a different two types of people. I'm not really sure why the latter group is so adamant that not a hint of Christmas cheer whispers into their ears until their turkey leftovers are finished. Perhaps it's tradition or just personal preference but I think it ultimately comes down to needing a sign, an indicator that the world is shifting seasons. Signs are necessary. Signs guide us when we travel, whether that be by foot on a hiking trail or as we drive on the highway to and from a destination. Signs are informative They let us know when an event is happening or alert us of a sale at one of our favorite stores. Signs, they grab our attention swiftly and regularly. Signs are necessary. Our gospel text this morning begins with a series of signs. And these signs in Luke's parable are an imminent, repetitious metaphor for true redemption. Though some of the language throughout our lesson is a little startling to the ear, as we just heard, this text is intended to evoke a sense of comfort. For example, in verse 33, when Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. Jesus is leaning into what we call this last things discourse. It's a warning that Christ's return, his second coming, is upon us. And though his time is coming to an end, his lessons are not over. The reality Luke's gospel has painted may seem unrealistic and disturbing, but I would argue that it's very relatable. Luke captures our imagination with this image of a community in the midst of political turmoil, haunted by a climate crisis, with people falling ill and lost in a sea of doubt. This sounds all too familiar, doesn't it? Here we are. We are in month 20 of a global pandemic witnessing tumultuous climate change and puzzled at where to find God's hope in all of this. 
We have been hungering for a sign of hope for some time. Though we thought we discovered a glimmer of hope during the mass distribution of the COVID-19 vaccines, we are continuously learning new ways to be cautious and remain healthy. Sometimes it feels as if God has placed us on hold, living in a constant state of already and not yet. We keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, and we've waited so long, we don't even have the courage to ask God, what is next? We keep waiting and waiting and waiting. In this final verse, Jesus begins the conclusion of his last things discourse. Luke gets to the real heart of the matter, saying, Stay alert at all times, praying that you are strong enough to escape everything that is about to happen and to stand before the human one. In this instruction, Jesus is not only commanding that we listen with our full attention. He is calling us to be present and strong, especially right now in this kairos moment. We're familiar with this word, kairos, the noun for all times or season in the original language. Kairos does not pertain to chronological time, but rather an imperative or decisive moment or season in one's life. Now, this is a bit of a task that Jesus has set before us. Here we are in entering the Advent season, a season of waiting, but we are stuck in the already and not yet state of being. We're trying to celebrate Jesus' first coming as we look forward to his second coming. We're trying to live our lives and feel a sense of normalcy while also protecting vulnerable people. How are we to act in this Kairos moment while also waiting? Well, friends, waiting is the action word here. When Jesus tells us to stay alert, he is granting us agency in our waiting and pushing us to choose hope and anticipation of this new thing God is doing again. Though the waiting may seem daunting, God through Christ prom promises God's presence and comfort always. This is hope worth waiting for. Luke's metaphor of the fig tree is a powerful one that I think many of us can relate to here. Thinking about the sprouting leaves as a sign for a new season made me reflect on the seasonal signs I've witnessed here in Richmond lately. This fall season, I've been so amazed at the foliage, the changing leaves in my neighborhood, especially on walks with my dog. Many of you have heard about or seen pictures of my beloved dog, Finn. Yes, the 44-pound boxer mix that I will brag about without any prompting. 
And if we were still pre-recording worship, this is where I would have Bo insert several pictures of him for you all to look at in awe over. So just kind of imagine like six pictures of a cute dog around my head right now. But instead, we'll just pretend for a moment together. So Finn is a boxer, and like many boxers, his snout is half the length of his skull. So this makes it a little harder for him to breathe in the warmer months. As the temperatures have lowered and the leaves on the ground have multiplied, I've noticed that our daily walks have gotten longer and longer because the cooler weather actually makes it easier for him to breathe. And with this shift in seasons, Finn's senses are heightened. As the leaves collect, he knows that goodness is near. He is able to enjoy our walks more, feel his senses more fully, and ultimately experience greater daily living. This is his sign for hope. And this is what Advent is all about awakening our senses to the pending changes in our world and reminding us that hope is near. Today marks our first Sunday in the Advent season, and as Almond and Pan mentioned, the first candle that we light is the candle of hope. This passage, it does stretch our imaginations a bit. It stretches our minds to reimagine hope. Hope isn't the notion that nothing bad ever happens. That's not what is promised here. Hope is a promise that God loves us and provides order to our world, and that is true redemption. Friends, God is calling us to see the world through Advent eyes, even though hope is a little hidden in our text sometimes, in our world at times, amidst catastrophe, it is very much alive. I've witnessed hope in our building as I've welcomed new faces on Monday mornings for a warm shower with brand new clean towels and toiletries and new undergarments that were provided by you all, the church. I've seen hope in the faces of visitors that join us for worship on Sunday mornings. I see hope in each of you. You, the ones, you come back to this sacred space each week, even after hearing sermons on raptures and divorce and cannibalism. You come back. I see hope here, knowing that we can trust God as we wait out this Kairos moment together and witness Jesus' vision for the kingdom unfold. Advent is a sticky note, a reminder to the church, God is doing a new thing again. The leaves have fallen, the temperatures have dropped, and now we wait. We stay alert, we love one another, we invest in our relationships, and above all, we trust that God's hope is near. May it be so. Let's pray. <clears throat> In Christ alone, our hope is found. He is my light, our strength, our song. 
This cornerstone, the solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ we stand. Amen.